Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Game night, the Edmonton Oilers game two against the Los Angeles Kings. In this hour, from the Cult of Hockey, David Staples. Uh, for legacy heating and cooling, John Shannon, 135, former Oiler, two-time Stanley Cup champion from the LA Kings, great guy, Jarrett Stoll. Oilers now is uh, brought to you by Digitex, digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We will tell you that you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino, excitement, bet on it. And you can text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan Escott will be hosting tomorrow's show. Uh, Brendan's available at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. And we're going to tell you the Japanese Village open a serve you to any one of their five Edmonton area locations featuring Alberta's own Brent Lake Wagu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Uh, we head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline and joined on the line from the Cult of Hockey by David Staples. David, how you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. I just saw your tweet on Josh Archibald. That's good news. Uh, it is good news, but it's an interesting... Um it's an interesting situation because not everybody out there is on. You know the political dynamic. You spent the entire pandemic covering the. So, what's uh, the. And I haven't. You know what? To be honest with you, I haven't had time to look at their response on Twitter, to, uh, what people have to say. Some people think that Josh Archibald doesn't make an impact. Oh, of course he's terrible, and Pulley is unbelievable. And, well, Pulley playing as well, folks. But uh, why is it good news that Archibald is in? There's two pieces of good, two parts to this. First of all, he's a useful player for the orders. He's a fourth line player, but he really hits and he can kill penalties. So that's a good player to have in the playoffs. He's one more guy if someone gets hurt, or if you need a boost to your lineup like they might tonight, insert him, see how it goes. He's he he gets out there. He's a good skater. He blows people up with hits. He's an okay player, like an okay two way player, um, and a good penalty killer. So he adds to the team. But Bob, the, the, this is a good thing for the world after you know covid insanity for more than two years here we're getting back to normal and we're making some some sober uh sound decisions in terms of public health and giving like this fellow he had covid which gives him you know scientists doctors will tell you leading experts will tell you he's got immunity which is as solid as anybody's immunity having had covid and um you know there was debate about that but i do believe that's the consensus at this point if you've had covid you've got a you've got immunity as good as people who are vaccinated so he poses no greater threat than the fully vaccinated plus he he had myocarditis so you could say well he should still get vaccinated but his doctor has said who who knows his health better than you do and i do and anyone else does and anyone criticizing this that this this guy we know there's been problems with myocarditis and especially in young men with vaccination it's a small 
risk, but it's there. So here's someone who's actually had it from COVID, related to COVID, which is inflammation of the heart, and his doctor saying this person isn't a good bet for the vaccine because of that. That sounds like, from what, all I know about this, that sounds like a sound decision. This is a rational decision, a rational decision for Josh Archibald and for public health, and I'm really glad to see it. All right, so Archibald's in. Now, the Edmonton Oilers, and, and here's the thing with Mike Smith. You know, it's funny how perspective is. I put a tweet out yesterday, the day after. We all know what happened on the game-winning goal for the LA Kings. Mike Smith turned the puck over. Now, he made the initial stop, but the Oilers never got recalibrated, and LA took advantage, and they got a deflection goal. They got a puck that ricocheted in off of Philip Deneau, the sort of pucks that didn't ricochet in for the Edmonton Oilers on John Quick. That's the difference in the game. And so, you know what, uh, and it's all about perspective. If you don't like Mike Smith, you'll say, well, I don't care about his 11-0-1 in his last 12 starts with a 1.75 goals against average and a 9.47 save percentage. Tell me what's he, what's he done late. So I gave the fans both options to start the show. David, I said it. You know, I told him, look, he's 0-6 as a... Uh, Playoff starter for the Edmonton Oilers with an 891 save percentage. Mike would tell you he needs to be better. Uh, you did a little bit of homework on the amount of actual, because he turned the puck over in game one against Chicago in the play-in series, and he obviously turned the puck over at a critical time against L.A. That led to the sequence of the goal. How often, and I know you chart these things, how often is he guilty of turning these pucks over? Um, well, about twice as often as Koskinen, who doesn't handle the puck nearly as much as Mike Smith does. So Mike Smith, you know, we don't track every time he turns over the puck. What we track is if he turns over the puck and there's a grade-A shot that results from that, that's what we track, only if it leads to a grade-A shot against. So about so every five games that Mike Smith plays, he makes two turnovers that will lead to a grade-A shot against. So for every five games, two of these kinds of mistakes. So that's, that's fairly often, maybe not so often for someone who handles the puck as much as Mike Smith does. I mean, he touches the puck. I haven't tried it. I haven't counted how much, but it seems like as much as some of the defensemen would touch the puck, if not more. He's constantly moving the puck. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's a... if the Some opposing teams would want to have the goalie um, handling the puck if they think the goalie's a good bet to give it away. Mike Smith has been pretty good. So, you know, Bob, you live with the puck moving goalie, you die with the puck moving goalie now and then. And it's been a pretty good trade-off all in the last uh, through the month of April for the Edmonton Oilers. Smith, Mike Smith has been great, and we ran a little poll actually on uh, Mike Smith uh, on Twitter, and overwhelming support. Eighty-six uh, percent of fans think he's going to bounce back here and want him to start tonight. So based on what they saw Mike Smith in April, um, they want to see this guy. And you know what, Bob? In, in whenever he's been healthy in the last two years, he's played pretty well. And um, so I'm on side with the fans. I think it's a good idea to start him. 947 save percentage in his last 12 starts of the regular yeah. season. He went 11-0-1 during that stretch with a 1.75 goals against average. Uh, he was the second star of the month for April and a big part of the reason why Edmonton went 19-4-2 down the stretch. It's interesting. To, he obviously doesn't turn it over as much as Koskinen, but he eases the workload on their defense. That that said, LA is not necessarily a hard press forechecking team. They, they they tend to sit back a bit uh, more. One three one. Kyler Yamamoto and yes, Pulyar. Boy, Pulyar, he's got a ton of fans. Like he's literally a player. You can't. And here's the deal. I, I don't think. Yes, Pulyarvi is playing with complete confidence right now. That people say, well, the off. You know, that's a given. The way he's touching the puck. Um, you know, he got COVID back in. Uh, third week of December when we were in yeah. Seattle. 
Then he came back from COVID. Then he got a lower body injury that kept him out of the 12 games. And, in you know, he had some tough moments the other night. Uh, he had a tough close to the regular season. And he and he's played a lot in the top six, mostly, with Connor McDavid. And there's pressure there. It's interesting. I talked to a couple pretty knowledgeable guys. And they, one of them said they should put him on the third line with uh, Fogel and Nugent Hopkins. And so he doesn't have the pressure playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl. I still think there's a player there. I think he's for sure, it's already proven he can be a third-line player in the league. The question is, is he a consistent top-six performer? And I don't think he's been consistent this year, but I wonder how much of it's injury. And so if you don't like Paul Yarby or saying stop or you're making excuses, and if you're fiercely uh, loyal to Paul Yarby, you're saying stop or you're being too critical, where do you come down on this, David? I'm on. I guess I'm on Team Yessa. I, um, I I think he had his worst game of the year, unfortunately. So there's recency bias in rating him. He just he really did look out of sorts, and he, he he's making these plays where he gets he wins the puck in the offensive zone, and he kind of throws it around the boards to no one in particular. And so it, it did look like there was a bit of a confidence issue, and the moment might have got the best of him. And he hasn't uh, been scoring, and he hasn't played particularly well. But even when he's not yet, you know, scoring. He he is a solid defensive player. I know he was caught on that four on two, but I I saw him clearly get tripped on that play. Oh no no that was that was a back. He's got to fight through that. That's a uh, that's okay. a penalty in the regular season. That's it, it's it's you know it was almost identical. Remember the Gretzky to Lemieux in '87. Yeah. People forget. Yeah. People forget. Howard Chuck wasn't it? Yeah, Howard Chuck tripped one of the Russian players, and I mean it was it was almost an identical situation. And, and frankly, I I think I might want to add. I think Mike Smith should have had that shot from them. Well, I would add that too. But Bob, how can you fight through having someone put their stick through your legs and tripping you? I mean, you, games, I, I, playoffs. That's what happens. That doesn't get called. You got to find a way. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, but good for I, you though, so anyway, David. That was his. That was his. That was his worst game of the year. But he does so many little things. Generally speaking, not last game. He goes to that. He he makes the total eclipse of the sun screen on the goalie constantly. He pops pucks off their sticks constantly. He back checks hard. He is a solid defensive player, generally speaking. He's He he is a glue player. Now, Keller Yamamoto, conversely, had his almost his, probably his best game of the year, Bob. He was he was utterly fantastic, and I think he made up his mind, and it's why he took that over-aggressive penalty early on, that he was going to be crazy out there on the ice. He was just going to go nuts, and he did. He went nuts. He went for it in a way he's never gone for it before in a playoff game. And yes, Apuliarvi should watch that and think, okay, that's what I'm going to do if i'm gonna fail tonight it's gonna be i'm gonna go down in a blaze of glory i'm gonna be going as hard as i can maybe i'm gonna take a stupid penalty like yamamoto did and maybe we would be talking differently about yamamoto if they had scored on that power play but that's the attitude and yamamoto had it yes apuliarvi needs to adopt it maybe he will we'll see you know every there's an old saying right come playoffs everybody hits and everybody blocks shots it comes with the territory and yeah the thing that's interesting is uh, you know, Yamamoto is, he's hes playing with the requisite greasiness uh, and competitiveness that you need. And it, I think in Paul Yarby's case, you know, he was, he, he was a big kid at a young age in a league where there's not a lot of hitting. And then he comes to this league, and if he ever added, and, and I'm not expecting a lot, but even a, it's like Ryan McLeod. Ryan McLeod can really skate if he ever skated through guys when he could hit them. Well, he started to pick up the physicality after what happened in Minnesota in that game with Kane. Ever since then, him and Bouchard have been a little bit more alert to it. Mm-hmm. Bouchard wasn't even on the ice in that sequence against Minnesota. 
and I, all I can tell you is if, like, I, again, Paul Yarvey is a stone-cold mortal walk third-line winger. There is no question he is at minimum that now in this stage in the career. Will he get, uh, you know, you just heard Brian Lawton on the show talk about, you know, will he be able to process the game to be a consistent top-six player that can play with elite players and put himself in position to score? And if he does that, then he's a home run. Like then he's, but he needs, he needs a finishing goal right now to gain some confidence right now, David. Uh, he's a top line player, you know, to go back to the '80s, like Willie Lindstrom or Mike Krzyzewski was. Like those guys, Willie Lindstrom played a couple years on with Messi and Anderson. Krzyzewski played a couple years with Gretzky. Scored and Curry. forty with Gretzky his first year in, in town. In, indeed. So Krzyzewski, Puliyarvi really reminds me in a lot of ways of Krzyzewski, a big rangy guy um, who does a lot of little things well, goes to the net, checks well, pops pucks, like similar player. So I think, yeah, yes, I think he's also right now a top line player because I don't see anyone better on the Oilers like uh, I would I think Jay Woodcroft who's the coach has made the right decision here to, to stick with this player and see what he can bring in the second game all right are you concerned at all about LA here no you're uh, not I, think- I, I, I mean I, th- I thought it was going to be a tough series because of the centers uh, you know Kopitar I thought had a pretty good game but he did play 25 minutes to know obviously had a great game uh, but the Oilers do have McDavid and draw. I think Edmonton's got like they didn't have superior depth against Chicago at forward in the play-in series. They, they they've got superior depth at forward, especially yeah. with Arvidsson out. Two even te- like they're very even teams. But there was a couple things I I kind of liked. Like the special teams were really went in Edmonton's favor. And what I've noticed on the I don't know if LA's going to change this up, but um, they were pretty passive on the penalty kill, like hanging back in their box. The Oilers have had trouble this year against teams that come after them. Yeah. And and the LA Kings didn't. And to me, that was like, oh great. Like, is this going to happen? Because I think that's going to work to the Oilers' favor. And if they continue to do that, that's a mistake. So I like that. I thought the Oilers' penalty kill has been good um as Dar- you know darnell nurse has got to get healthy like him playing on one and a half legs was kind of iffy so when, once he gets rolling but i and i think the Oilers had a jittery game at five on five i think the moment got to them a little bit which isn't good but i we have seen solid uh in the moment stay in the moment five on five play making the right decisions making the right reads under jay woodcroft and i think we're going to see it again i think they're going to regain that this game David, your uh, your comments at the start regarding the fact that hey, we got to get back to things here. It's resonated with a lot of the fan base that's taking time to text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. How do people follow you? Uh, on Twitter at, at D Staples. Great stuff. Thank you for your time, David. Thanks, Bob. It is currently 119 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you still to come on today's show. Former Oiler, now LA King broadcaster and development coach Jared Stoll and uh, John Shannon, our NHL insider. We'll take a quick. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Time out. Come back with a rack your text here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It is 120. You're listening to Oilers now. Connor McDavid, 123 points in the regular season. 22 career playoff games, up to 12 goals and 24 points. Plus player in the playoffs. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. The Oilers and the LA Kings tonight. A long time ago, Uncle Milt told me that a customer told him a good salesman will sell one truck, a great service department will keep me coming back for years. That customer and his family have bought more than 50 units from Brent Ridge Ford since then. That same service department is one of the reasons that Brent Ridge just received their 11th President's Award for from Ford for customer satisfaction. If you need maintenance or repairs for your vehicle, call Kevin Margie or Mike at one 877 ford one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three. Brent Ridge Ford, out in Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less. All right, into the Ashley Five Floors text line. We got hundreds of texts to get to. We'll try to work our way through it. Randy in Brooks, Alberta says, bottom line, worse to be the Rangers after game one than the Oilers. The Rangers had clear control of their game and then had the heartbreak of losing it in triple overtime. That said, Randy says, the Oilers must win tonight. That one comes to us from Randy. Jason in Sangudo, I cannot read your text on the air, but it is very funny. I'm chuckling inside. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. This text comes to us from Coach Mike. He says, in what universe are these two teams even? Stoffer, you went over the experience on the defense for both teams. We have 97 and 29. It should be the Oilers in five. It may still be, but there's no way the Oilers should lose this series from Coach Mike. Coach Mike, I had the Oilers in six. Okay. And Coach Mike, here is where I remind you that Edmonton finished with 104 points and the LA Kings finished with 99. But you make a valid point. The the LA Kings had eight skaters making their NHL playoff debut, including four on the back end. The Oilers only had one player making their NHL playoff debut the other night, Evan Bouchard, who, by the way, might have been Edmonton's best defenseman in that game. Uh, Bob, something I've been noticing. Does Darnell Nurse ever stand in front of the play and use his body to block shots, or does he always stand off to the side and put his stick to try to stop the puck uh, in front of the goaltenders? Isn't it the job of the defense to block shots when possible? Um, Well, you want to front pucks. You also want to angle off forwards and eliminate them from the front of the net. JP says the Oilers will win 6-0 tonight. Well, you know what? I'll take that. Um... I'll take a 6 nothing. That'd be good. Uh, lots of texts actually coming in on Josh Archibald. I want to get to this one from Dale in Saskatoon. Or Dale in Saskatchewan. Jesse needs to play third or fourth line on this team going forward. Spectre hit it on the donkey by saying you can't develop him anymore and he's hurting the team by playing on Connor's line. Move McLeod up for the speed and hustle. Just play good five on five and they can win. Unfortunately, Jesse has proven he is not a top six guy. 
I wonder if that can. I, I wonder if the, and people question the hockey sense. I wonder if there's more runway there. I'd say he could be a middle. He's already. A, I mean, is he a first liner? Not necessarily. Is he a middle six? I think that's fair. I think he's a middle six forward. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Fletch in Calgary says, Bob, the uh, the hapless Poliarvi is being rewarded for a lack of performance, not just scoring by being placed on McDavid's line. Come on, Oilers coaches! This guy is at best a bottom six at best. That one comes to us from Fletch. Um. And I'm sure we're going to have lots of other people suggest, no, he he drives play, he tilts ice, and uh, this texter says, Bob Spector and the texter are both donkeys. Well, now we got everybody calling each other donkeys. That's not a good thing. Mike says, Bob, you're, you are my favorite sports media guy. However, please stop giving us Smith stats from the regular season. It doesn't matter now. It was his fault the Oilers lost the game 1,100%. Well, it wasn't his. You win as a team, you lose as a team. He's had tough playoff stats in his last few uh, starts. But his last 12 regular season starts, he was off the charts. 128 off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, uh, here we go. We will uh, get to um, uh, Jared Stoll on Oilers Now. The Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.